0: Shalom Malachim, and welcome back to the broadcast Peace be upon you. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Today we are looking at this week's Torah portion which is called Beha Alakhah and uh, it's chapters numbers the book of numbers chapter 8 uh, through the first 15 verses of chapter 12. Here is the portion summary from torportion.org it says the third reading from the book of Numbers and the 36th reading from the Torah is called Beha Alakah, a word that literally means when you ascend. It comes from the first verses of the portion which can literally be translated as when you ascend the lamps. A reference to the fact that the priest had to step up to clean and light the lamps of the menorah. This portion is jam-packed. Telling the story of the consecration of the Levites, the first Passover in the wilderness, the silver trumpets, the cloud of glory, the departure from Sinai, the grumbling in the wilderness, and the first Sanherin, and the punishment of Miriam. So a lot uh, packed into this portion this morning should be very, very interesting. Uh, Probably more interesting than the first part of the book of Numbers, which was literally just counting Uh, all the tribes and stuff like that. Um, I will again be reading through the using the hallelujah scriptures. I've been kind of enjoying that for our Torah portion, so I'm going to continue that theme this morning. A lot to get through, so let's uh, delay no longer. Starting chapter 8, the book of Numbers, verse 1. And Yehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to Aaron and say to him, When you put up the lamps, let the seven lamps give light in front of the lampstand. And Aaron did so. He put up the lamps to face toward the front of the lampstand as Jehovah commanded Moshe. And this is the work of the lampstand, beaten work of gold. From its base to its blossom, it is beaten work. According to the pattern which Jehovah had shown Moshe, so he had the lampstand. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, "Take the Levites from among the children of Israel, and you shall cleanse them, and do this to them to cleanse them: sprinkle water of sin offering on them, and they shall shave all their body, and shall wash their garments and cleanse themselves, and shall take a young bull with its grain offering, a fine flour mixed with oil." while you take another young bull as a sin offering. And you shall bring the Levites before the tent of appointment, and you shall assemble the congregation of the children of Israel, And you shall bring the Levites before Jehovah, and the children of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. And Aaron shall wave the Levites before Yehovah, a wave offering from the children of Israel, So shall they be for doing the service of Jehovah. Ye- and the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the young bulls, and one shall be prepared as a sin offering, and the other as a burnt offering to Yehovah, to make atonement for the Levites. And you shall have the Levites stand before Aaron and his sons, and then wave them a wave offering to Yehovah. Thus you shall separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. Then after that the Levites shall go and do the service in the tent of appointment, when you have cleansed them and waved them as a wave offering. For they are given ones, given to me from among the children of Yisrael. I have taken them for myself instead of all who opened the womb, the firstborn of all the children of Yisrael. For all the firstborn among the children of Yisrael are mine, both man and beast. On the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Mitzrayim, that is to say, Egypt. I Kodesh them unto myself. And I have taken the Levites instead of all the firstborn of the children of Israel, and I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among the children of Israel, to do this service of the children of Israel in the tent of appointment, and to make atonement for the children of Israel, that there be no plague among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come near to the Kodesh place that is to say, the holy place, the set-apart place. Thus Moshe and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel did to the Levites, according to all that Jehovah commanded Moshe. Concerning the Levites, so the children of Israel did to them. And the Levites cleansed themselves and washed their garments, and Aaron waved them a wave offering before Jehovah, and Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. Then after that the Levites went in to do their service in the tent of appointment before Aaron and his sons as Jehovah commanded Moshe concerning the Levites so they did to them. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe saying this applies to the Levites from 25 years old and above. Let him come into active service in the service of the tent of appointment. And at the age of 50 years they retire from active service of the service and serve no more. But they shall attend with their brothers in the tent of appointment to guard the duty. But shall do no service. Thus you shall do to the Levites regarding their duties. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Mitzrayim, saying, Now let the children of Israel perform the Pesach, that is to say Passover, at its appointed time. On the fourteenth day of this month, between the evenings, perform it at its appointed time. According to all its laws and right rulings, you perform it. And Moshe spoke to the children of Israel to perform the Pesach. So they performed the Pesach on the fourteenth day of the first month between the evenings, in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that Yehovah commanded Moshe. So the children of Israel did. But there were men who were defiled for being of a man, so that they were not able to perform the pesach on that day. So they came before Moshe and Aaron that day, and those men said to him, "We are defiled for we are being of a man. Why are we withheld from bringing near the offering of Yehovah at this, at its appointed time among the children of Israel?" And Moshe said to them, "Wait." Let me hear what Yehovah commands concerning you. And Yahovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, When any male of you or your generations is unclean for a being, or is far away on a journey, he shall still perform the Pesach of Yahovah. On the fourteenth day of the second month, between the evenings they perform it, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they eat. They do not leave of it until morning, and they do not break a bone of it. According to all the laws of the Pesach, they perform it. But the man who is clean and is not on a journey and has failed to perform the Pesach, that same being shall be cut off from among his people because he did not bring the offering of Yehovah at its appointed time. That man bears his sin. And when a stranger sojourns among you, then he shall perform the Pesach of Yehovah. You shall do so according to the law of Pesach and according to its right ruling. You have one law, both for the stranger and the native of the land. And on the day that the Mishkan was raised up, the cloud covered the Mishkan, the tent of the witness. From evening until morning, it was above the Mishkan like the appearance of fire. So real quick, this is just a, uh, speaking on the very first uh, Passover that took place so this would have been a year after they departed from Egypt and God is giving Moshe instructions on what to do if you have someone who's unclean and unable to perform the Passover or if they're away on a journey and they're unable to perform a Passover they can perform it uh, on the second Passover Um, you may have heard of people refer to the second Passover so they can they can wait till the 14th day of the second month between the evenings to perform it. So they still have to do. Uh, but he's saying if you are in the land and you're not unclean, you're not on a journey, then you should be performing it, performing the Passover. And then now we're getting into a part where there's a cloud over the Mishkan from evening unto morning. It was above the Mishkan like the appearance of fire. So let's continue on. Verse 16 of chapter 9. Thus it was continually. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tent, after that the children of Yisrael would depart. And in the place where the cloud dwelt there, the children of Yisrael would camp. At the command of Yehovah, the children of Yisrael departed and at the command of Yehovah they camped. They remained camped as long as the cloud dwelt above the Mishkan. Even when the cloud lingered many days above the Mishkan, the children of Israel guarded the charge of Jehovah and did not depart. And so it was, when the cloud was above the Mishkan a few days, according to the command of Jehovah, they camped, and according to the command of Jehovah, they would depart. And so it was, when the cloud dwelt only from evening until morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning. Then they departed, whether by day or by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they departed. Whether two days or a month or a year that the cloud lingered above the Mishkin to dwell upon it, the children of Yisrael camped and did not depart. But when it was taken up, they departed. At the command of Yehovah they camped, and at the command of Yehovah they departed. They guarded the charge of Jehovah at the command of Jehovah by the hand of Moshe. So, they're following this cloud to obey God, to, to obey Yehovah, when it comes to when to travel, when to camp. It would be interesting to see this, wouldn't it? This cloud, and who know, I'm sure it was incredible to look at. It probably was nothing like what we think of that would be over the Michigan, and then it would rise up, and, and then they would follow it. Very, very... Interesting, very, very interesting. And when we read things like that, it's like, man, how did they, how did they get into some of the trouble that they're getting ready to get into? Uh, you know, specifically troubles of unbelief and not trusting when God was doing all these many miracles, which we're about to see here as we move into chapter ten. We're going to be dealing with the silver trumpets and the departure from Sinai. Then here in a minute, when we get to chapter eleven, the grumbling starts. The murmuring and we'll see God's response to that type of attitude and I'll talk more about that when we get there let's continue on starting now with chapter 10 verse 1. And Yevah spoke to Moshe saying make two silver trumpets for yourself make them of beaten work and you shall use them for calling the congregation and for breaking camp And when they blow both of them, all the congregation shall meet before you at the door of the tent of appointment. And if they blow one, then the leaders and the heads of the thousands of Yisrael shall gather to you. And when you blow a shout, the camp that lie on the east side shall depart. And when you blow a shout the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall depart. They blow a shout for them to depart. And when the assembly is to be assembled, you blow, but do not shout. And the sons of Aaron, the Kohanim, that is to say the priest, blow with the trumpets, and it shall be to you for a law forever throughout your generations. And when you go into battle in your land against the enemy that distresses you, then you shall shout with the trumpets, and you shall be remembered before Jehovah your Elohim, and you shall be saved from your enemies. And then the day of your gladness... And in your appointed times, at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over your peace offerings, and they shall be a remembrance for you before your Elohim. I am Yehovah, your Elohim. And it came to be on the twentieth day of the second month in the second year that the cloud was taken up from above the Mishkan of the witness, and the children of Israel departed, journeying from the wilderness of Sinai and the cloud dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. Thus they departed the first time according to the command of Jehovah by the hand of Moshe. And the banner of the camp of the children of Yehuda departed first according to their divisions. And over their army was Nahashan, son of Abinadab. And over the army of the tribe of the children of, of, of Yischar was Nathaniel, son of Suar. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Zebulun was Aliab, son of Chelan. And the Mishkan was taken down. And the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari departed bearing the Mishkan. And the banner of the camp of Reuben departed according to their divisions. And over their army was Elitzer son of Shedir. And over the army tribe, army of the tribe of the children of Shimeon was Shalumiel, son of Sarishadiah, and over the army of the tribe of the children of Gad was Elisaph, the son of Duel, and the Kahithites departed bearing the, bearing the Mikdash, while the Mishkin was put up before they came, and the banner of the camp of the children of Ephraim departed according to their divisions, and over their army was Elishamah, son of Amminhud, Amenhud, Amenahud. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Manasseh was Gamliel, son of Padahatser. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Binyamin was Abidan, son of Gedoni. Then the banner of the camp of the children of Dan, which formed the rear guard of all the camps departed according to their divisions. And over their army was Ahisar, son of Amishadiah. And over the children of the tribe of the children of Asher was Pagiel, son of Okron. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Naphtali was Ahirah, the son of Enon. Such was the order of departure of the children of Israel according to their divisions when they departed. And Moshe said to Chabab, the son of Ruwael, the Midianite, Moshe's father-in-law, we are departing for the place of which Yehovah said, I give it to you. Come with us and we shall do good to you, for Jehovah has spoken good concerning Israel. And he replied to them, I am not going, but I am going to my own land, to my relatives. Then he said, Please do not leave us, because you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, and you shall be our eyes. And it shall be when you go with us, then it shall be that whatever good Yehovah does to us, the same we shall do to you. So they departed from the mountain of Yehovah on a journey of three days. And the Ark of the Covenant of Yehovah went before them for the three days journey to seek out the resting place for them. And the cloud of Yehovah was above them by day when they went out from the camp. And it came to be, whenever the Ark departed, that Moshe said, Rise up, O Yehovah, and let your enemies be scattered, and let those who hate you flee before you. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Yehovah, to the countless thousands of Yisrael. Chapter 11 And it came to be, when the people were as complainers, it was evil in the ears of Yahweh, and Yehovah heard it, and his displeasure burned. And the fire of Yehovah burned among them, and consumed those in the outskirts of the camp. And the people cried out to Moshe, and Moshe prayed to Yehovah, and the fire died down. Then he called the name of the place Tabera, because the fire of Yehovah had burned among them. And the mixed multitude who were in their midst lusted greatly. So the children of Yisrael also wept again and said, Who is giving us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate without cost in Mitzrayim, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our life is dried up. There is naught to look at but this manna. Now the manna was like coriander seed. And its appearance like the appearance of bedlium. The people went out and gathered it. ground it on millstone or beat it in the mortar. And cooked it in a pot and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp at night the manna fell on it. Moshe heard the people weeping throughout their clans, each man at the door of his tent, and the displeasure of Yehovah burned exceedingly. In the eyes of Moshe, it was evil. So Moshe said to Yehovah, "Why have you done evil to your servant? And why have I not found favor in your eyes to put the burden of all these people on me? Was it I who conceived all these people?" Was it I who brought them forth that that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, as a foster father carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep before me, saying, Give us meat to eat. I am unable to bear all these people alone, because the burden is too heavy for me. If you are doing this to me, please slay me altogether. If I have found favor in your eyes... And let me not see my evil. Then Yehavah said de Moshe, Gather to me seventy men of the elders of Yisrael, whom you know to be the elders of the people and the officers over them, and bring them to the tent of appointment. And let them stand there with you. All right. Real quick, let's recap what's going on here. First of all, we need to, something we need to acknowledge We need to understand and we need to be able to identify it in our own lives. Is God hates grumbling. Okay? When he heard the people grumbling, complaining about their circumstances, it was evil. It says it was evil in the ears of Yehovah. And Yehovah heard it and his displeasure burned. And the fire of Yehovah burned among them and consumed those on the outskirts of the camp. Okay? So grumbling sets God off. This is convicting. It's convicting for me personally, even. It's so easy to complain, isn't it? You know, God rescues them out of the slavery of Egypt. And yet they longed for the good old days, right? When they would eat fish and wonder if some of us have even done some grumbling here recently we see the evil that's taken place right in the world and some conveniences that we like and enjoy and some pleasures that we are accustomed to here at least in the United States of America um, have been harder to come by and while it's due to the evil of others um, Still, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves grumbling and talking about, oh, I want to eat, you know, whatever it is that you're, or go to whatever restaurant that you can no longer, that you haven't been able to go to, or, or do whatever pleasure that you're used to doing that you haven't been able to do. And maybe we find ourselves grumbling and thinking, God, why? In spite of the fact that God is still providing for us, right? If you're listening to this, you probably still have a roof over your head. You probably still have food to eat. You still have the technology to listen to the podcast. You probably still own a Bible. You have access to something that most generations of human beings have never had before. We take for granted these things. And here God is providing for the Israelites in the wilderness the manna that tastes like cakes you know mixed with olive oil or oil but they've had it with that they want the meat they're grumbling and now Moses is coming to God and he's like look why have you done this like I don't know how much longer I can bear the burdens of all these people I don't know if I can continue just to care for them. They're doing nothing but crying and whining to me. What am I supposed to do? So God says, gather up the elders, come to the tent of appointment. And stand there with them. Let's pick back up verse 17. Here's what it says. And I shall come down and speak with you there, and you shall take of the Ruach, that is the Holy Spirit, that is on you and put on them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you do not bear it yourself alone and say to the people Kodesh yourselves that is to say set yourselves apart holy yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat because you have wept in the hearing of Jehovah saying who is giving us meat to eat for it was well with us in Mitzrayim and Jehovah shall give you meat and you shall eat You're going to eat, not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but for a month of days until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes an abomination to you because you have rejected Yehovah who is among you and have wept before him saying, Why did we come up out of the land of Midstream?" All right, so God is saying, You want meat? You're going to cry and say, We were better off in Egypt. I'm gonna give you so much meat that it's gonna make you're just gonna get sick of it. You're gonna get so disgusted by it. It's gonna be you're gonna have so much abundance of meat that's gonna be coming out of your nostrils. Sometimes we want things. And we might wine, I want this, I want this, I want this, and I'm not getting what I want, I want it, I want it. And sometimes God'll just say, Okay, I'll let you have it. If you think you're better off. If you think that thing that you want, that I'm denying you, that you're going to be better off, that you're going to be happier, well, here you go. Prepare to be disappointed. Why? Because God knows what's best. Let's continue. And Moshe said, the people in whose midst I am are 600,000 men on foot. And you, you have said, I give them meat to eat for a month of days. So even Moses is like, really? You're going you're gonna to give unlimited meat to 600,000 people? How do you plan to do this? Cloud flocks and herd be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them? Or could all the fish in the sea be gathered together for them or to be sufficient for them? And Yahweh said to Moshe, is the arm of Yahweh too short? Man, do we not do what Moses is doing here? God's like, all right, 600,000 people. I'm going, to, I'm going to bring so much meat here in the wilderness that it's going to be coming out of their nostrils. It's going to make them sick. For a month, they're going to hate it. And Moses is like, where are you going to get all this? And here's what, and here's the point. You know, God's, We see in the scriptures, is anything too hard for Yehovah? Is anything too difficult for God? And God says to Moses, and Jehovah said to Moshe, is the arm of Yehovah too short? Like, you really think I can't pull this off? Let's start again with verse 23. And Yehovah said to Moshe, Is the arm of Yehovah too short? Now see whether my word meets you or not. And Moshe went out and spoke to the people the words of Yehovah. And he gathered the seventy men of the elders of the people and stood them at the tent. And Jehovah came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took the ruach that was upon him and placed the same upon the seventy elders. And it came to be when the ruach rested upon them that they nebu, that is to say, they prophesied, but did not continue. However, two men had remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad, and the rook rested upon them. Now they were among those listed, but did not go out to the tent, and they nebu in the camp. They prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and informed Moshe and said, Eldad and Medad Nabai in the camp. And Yahushua, son of Nun, Moshe's assistant from his youth, answered and said, Moshe, my master, forbid them. And Moshe said to them, to him, are you jealous for my sake? Oh, that all the people of Yehovah were Nabaiim, that Yehovah would put his Ruch upon them. So Moses is saying, are you jealous about these two guys prophesying? I wish that all of you were prophets and that all that the Spirit was upon all of you. Verse 30, And Moshe returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel, And a wind went forth through from Yehovah, and it brought quail from the sea, and let them fall beside the camp about a day's journey, on this side about a day's journey, on the other side, all around the camp, and about two amah above the surface of the ground. And the people were up all that day, and all that night, and all the next day, gathering the quail. And he who had least gathered ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. The meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed. And the wrath of Jehovah burned against the people, and Jehovah smote the people with exceeding great plague. Then he called the name of that place. Kirbroth Ha-Tawah Ha-Tawah Because they, they are buried, their people who had lusted. You see, people can lust after things other than just sexual things. From Kirbroth to ha the people departed for Hatseroth and they were at Hatseroth. Now, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moshe because of the Cushite wife who had he had taken, for he had taken a Cushite wife. Alright, so we're about done with the portion here. Uh, we go all the way, th- we starting chapter 12 now, and we go through the first 15 verses which, which deal with uh, Aaron and Miriam having taken some issue with Moses, and it looks like it's because of the type of wife that he took. Um, maybe some jealousy. Verse 2 says, And they said, Has Yehovah spoken only through Moshe? Has he not also spoken through us? And Yehovah heard it. And the man Moshe was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly Yehovah said to Moshe and Aaron and to Miriam, You three, come out to the tent of appointment. So the three came out. And Yahvah came down in the column of cloud and stood in the door of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. By the way, wouldn't this be frightening? Like you're like, you know, you're talking bad about the anointed, the prophet of God, the appointed one of God. And then after that, God says, hey, you guys come to the tent of appointment. I want to have a meeting with you. And then descends down in a great cloud. I don't know about you guys, but I'd be terrified. Verse 6, and he said, Hear now my words, if you nebai, that is to say prophesy, if your prophecy is of Yehovah, I make myself known to him in a vision, and I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moshe, he is trustworthy in all my house. I speak with him mouth to mouth, and plainly, and not in riddles. That's, that's very interesting. God says, you know, most of the people who prophesy, I speak to them in dreams. But Moses, because he's so humbled, I speak to him mouth to mouth. In other words, Moses hears me directly. Like he hears the voice of Yehovah. He hears the voice of God. And God makes the point that a lot of times he speaks in riddles. Right? And we saw that with Jesus, right? Always speaking in parables. And this is how God works. This is why prophecy can be so frustrating for us. is Because there's lots of symbolism and lots of riddles in it. But to very few people who've ever existed, God just speaks plainly. God just speaks plainly. Verse 8. I speak with him mouth to mouth and plainly and not in riddles. And he sees the form of Jehovah. Yehovah. So why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moshe, and the displeasure of Jehovah burned against him, and he left, and the cloud turned the cloud turned away, and from above the tent, and look, Miriam was leprous as white as snow, and Aaron turned toward Miriam, and look a leper. And Aaron said to Moshe, "O oh, my master, please do not hold against us the sin in which we have done foolishly, in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one of the dead when coming out of its mother's womb with our flesh half consumed." Wow. Verse 13. And Moshe cried out to Jehovah, "O El, please heal her, please." And Jehovah said to Moshe, If her father had put a spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and after that, let her be re admitted. And Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not depart until Miriam was re admitted. Wow. So, because of Miriam's sin, God... Gave immediately gave her the plague of leprosy. And then Moses, you know, prays, oh, please take this away from her. And God says, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? So he's like, nah, it's not going to be that easy. She needs to be without the camp seven days to learn her lesson. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but this was one of the most interesting Torah portions we've done so far. And uh, lots of Lots of things we can take away from today's teaching. And I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed by this this morning. I really, I really hope that you've come away with something. Uh, maybe even be a little convicted. God's people could use a little conviction these days. Well, that's all I got for you this morning. I pray that you all have a blessed weekend. Please consider supporting the podcast. You can become a monthly Patreon subscriber, which helps a ton. You can also purchase the 30-day devotional, which helps a little bit. Uh, You can go to scriptureandprophecy.com forward slash book to pick that up. Uh, We also have PayPal and snail mail. And, of course, your prayers for the podcast and for me and my family are much coveted. So thank you so much for all of you who helped me make this happen. Peace and grace be with all of you. Till next time, God bless.